your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 462 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. And thank you guys once again for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And just a couple of minutes ago, the Rangers wrapped up a very exciting 3-1 to road victory against the Seattle Kraken, their first ever meeting with the Kraken. Once again, kind of uh, an improbable win for the Rangers. I thought for the most part, Seattle had the better of play. You go by the stats, you go by the eye test, but once again, Igor Shesterkin kind of steals the show for the New York Rangers, makes 31 saves on 32 shots, and kept the Rangers in the game, allowed them a chance to win it late, and then, of course, the Stars are kind of out for the Rangers. Uh, as, as far as, you know, just the reasons why the Rangers won this game. And as far as the guys who ended up being, you know, the three stars of the night, the stars were kind of out for the Rangers in general because Kreider had the first goal in the first period. And then you have Igor Shesterkin making a fantastic save, undoubtedly the key sequence of this game. Igor Shesterkin in the third period with the score tied 1-1, he makes a great save, point blank range. Adam Fox gets the puck, a really long outlet pass across the ice through the neutral zone to Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin gains the blue line. He waits. Fox catches up to the play. Panarin dishes to his right to Adam Fox. Fox goes in, lets a wrist shot go from the uh, high slot area and scores his first goal of the season. Could not have come at a better time about midway through the third period here and gives the Rangers a 2-1 to one lead, despite, once again, mostly being outplayed in this game. And, of course, Adam Fox picking a heck of a time to come up with his first goal of the season. That was awesome to see as well. And one thing that was really, really encouraging, and it's something that we hit on in the Rangers' last win, is that the Rangers, after this goal was scored, I thought played quite a bit better. They were absolutely dominated in the second period. We will talk about that in a little bit as well. Uh, the third period was a little bit better, but I thought overall Seattle for the most part, probably still had the better of play until this goal was scored by Adam Fox. Because once Fox lit the lamp here, and once the Rangers were back on top 2-1, to one, uh, let's see, that was 12-10 into the third period. So it was starting to get a little bit later into the third. But I thought down the stretch here was when the Rangers finally kind of turned it on again and played the best hockey that they've played since probably the opening eight or nine minutes of this game. Uh, everything in between was mostly Seattle controlling the action. But once again, Igor Shesterkin coming up clutch. I mean, again, we're only, what are we, nine games into the season here? Running kind of low on adjectives to describe what Igor Shesterkin has done so far this season. But he has to be obviously an early front runner for the Vesna. Long way to go. Somewhat of a small sample size, but you cannot understate the impact that Igor Shesterkin has made on this Ranger team this season. If not for him, I don't want to think about what their record uh, would or could be at this point. I figure we might as well 
go ahead and get into the line combinations. There's always, uh, you know, a lot of debate here, and there was a lineup change on the blue line. Jared Tenorti was in the game for Niels Lundqvist, and at first, you know, I was kind of scratching my head on that. Okay, why make this change? You know, Lundqvist is slowly but surely progressing a little bit. I think this is a case where they don't want to burn out Niels Lundqvist. He's never played 82 games in a season, and on top of that, you know, maybe kind of a uh, secondary reason why this change was made is Jared Tenorti has not played a single game since opening night, and I get the feeling they'll probably switch this back in the next game. You know, Niels Lundqvist will be probably back out there, and uh, Jared Tenorti will once again be a healthy scratch, but you don't want to let somebody go forever without seeing the ice. I mean, Tenorti, as things stand right now, does seem to be the seventh Ranger defenseman. It seems like he's got that position over Libor Hayek, who has yet to appear in a game this season. So to me, I get the feeling that it's just... Uh, partially, obviously, once again, to get Nils Lundqvist a little bit of a breather, but then also to get Jared Tenorti out there, make sure he has his legs under him. I don't think the Rangers can get through the entire season with the same six defensemen just over and over and over. Injuries are a thing that happens in this league, obviously, and so uh, to me, it made a little bit of sense to go back to Tenorti, and uh, yeah, Tenorti did fine tonight. I, I thought he had a decent game, and as far as the line combinations, you had a top line of Mika Zibanejad with Barclay Goodrow on the left wing and Chris Kreider on the right wing, which I thought was a little odd because because with Kreider, his natural position is left wing. With Goudreau, we know he moves all over the place all the time. But uh, be that as it may, that's what the Rangers went with. The second line, very predictably, still Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Capo Caco. You know, Caco, I thought, in the first game back into the lineup for the Rangers, I thought he looked really good, really explosive. Didn't really notice him quite as much in this game. Uh, he did have a steal in the third period and, you know, set up Panarin for a scoring opportunity. But besides that one play, didn't really see a whole lot of Capo Caco. I mean, you could say that for a lot of players in the Rangers tonight because offensively, they didn't really do a whole lot. It was more the same, uh, just grinding out another low-scoring victory. Uh, but Caco, you know, once again, Strong on the night where he returned to the lineup. Didn't quite see as much of him in this game here tonight. But then you had a third line of Philip Heedle centering Alexi Lafreniere and Sammy Blay. And then a fourth line. I thought these guys were great tonight. Greg McKaig centering Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt. And I sent out a tweet during the game. I mentioned that, you know, kind of in a whispering voice, I'm mentioning that Greg McKaig and Dryden Hunt have really played well over these past few games, and I really think that they have. They're not going to be offensive juggernauts by any stretch of the imagination, but if you watch these games, something that this fourth line is so good at is keeping the puck pinned in the attacking zone, and whether it leads to scoring opportunities or not, it doesn't always lead to scoring chances, but if nothing else, you're at least keeping the puck on the other side of the ice. You know, Maybe the opposing team has their first or second line on the ice, and they can't get anything going because they're pinned back on their heels. So, you know, again, more of the same from this fourth line tonight. Uh, Greg McKay, Dryden Hunt, and Kevin Rooney stepping up big for this Ranger team and what was obviously kind of a another grinded out kind of a win here tonight. And it's funny because I sent out that tweet and I heard from a couple of you on Twitter and shout out to Toby because Toby pointed out to me, I mentioned that McKay and Hunt were playing well and he was quick to add, you know, Rooney too. And I said, yes, you're absolutely right. And Toby, if you're listening to this, you're absolutely right. Uh, Kevin Rooney definitely should have been mentioning that tweet by me as well. But I'm almost at the point where with Kevin Rooney, I'm not surprised at all. Like, I expect uh, strong performances from Kevin Rooney pretty much night in and night out. Again, he's not going to stuff the score sheet every single night, but he's just a good, hardworking, blue-collar player, excellent on the penalty kill, and uh, giving you everything you can ask for from a fourth-line forward, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, it's funny. With Rooney, I feel like last season, not so much this season, but last season, which was his first with the Rangers, he every now and then would kind of draw the ire of Ranger fans. And I think this is something that can happen. When you've got a player 
who the fans kind of just perceive is sort of taking up space and maybe preventing a prospect from joining the Rangers and, and getting some time at the NHL level, that player can tend to come under fire a little bit. And I think that's what happened with Kevin Rooney last year. But I think by now we're at the point where Rooney, again, he's not a superstar, but he has earned the trust of this fan base. And I don't see too many people going after Kevin Rooney or questioning why he's in the lineup night in and night out. I, I see very, very little of that when you go on Ranger Twitter. Now with McKagan Hunt, they're kind of the new... <laughs> The new Kevin Rooney this season where, you know, fans every now and then will say, oh, why is McKay out there? Why is Hunt out there? At times, I've agreed with you because there were times earlier this season where the Rangers obviously struggling for offense. I thought Julian Gauthier maybe could have been out there instead of one of those two guys or maybe even Morgan Barron. You know, you call him up for the Wolfpack. You put him in over one of them as well. And the Rangers, that's probably the long-term plan. You know, at some point, Morgan Barron may very well jump one of them in the pecking order. But for right now, over these last couple of games, you got to tip your cap where it's due. And I think McKay and Hunt, uh, along with Rooney there, have played very, very well. And, uh, you know, delivering in this game, what was once again a blue-collar, grinded-out kind of win. But we are just scratching the surface here. We will continue talking about all of this in just a second, the Ranger win. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And just want to thank you guys once again for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So I mentioned in the intro that I wanted to talk a little bit more about the second period, and it was basically just brutal for the Rangers. I think it's one of the worst periods that they've played all season, probably worse than any period that they've had since the uh, opening night shellacking at the hands of the Washington Capitals. But in that second period, the Rangers were outshot 13-2. to uh, Up to that point in the game, they were getting outshot 22-10. to And the best thing that could have possibly happened for the Rangers in that second period was for the period to end, which it finally did. The Rangers were up one to nothing after one. The Kraken tie it uh, fairly late in the second period. A backhanded shot by Jordan Eberle gets one by Igor Shesterkin. That was 13:46 into the second period. But here's the difference between this Ranger team this season and the Ranger team last season. Now, neither team is perfect. Obviously, the biggest issue with the Rangers right now is their inability to score goals. It just seems like on most nights, they're not going to score more than two or three goals, but they're winning games regardless. Obviously, Igor Shesterkin is a huge reason why, but the difference between this Ranger team right now and where this Ranger team was last season or even the season before that is that the Rangers, I feel like... I'm getting to the point, and maybe you guys are too, where I expect the Rangers to find a way to win. And I realize, again, it's still fairly early in the season. We are just nine games in, but I'm starting to kind of get that mindset. And in the second period, the feeling that I had, because again, the Rangers were back on their heels this entire second period, just completely discombobulated, couldn't complete a pass, couldn't really do anything. And Yet, despite this, I still felt like the Rangers were going to eventually right the ship and find a way to win this game. And, you know, about midway through the second period, it's still one to nothing Rangers at that point. 
And I'm thinking like, man, you know, if we can get into the third period and we somehow still have a one to nothing lead, or even if it's like one to one, I get the feeling that the Rangers will regroup and they will come out a much, much better team in the third period. Now, again, that's not to say they were fantastic in the third period. I thought Seattle probably had the better of play up until the goal by Adam Fox, 12-10 into the third. But even still, the Rangers played a lot better in the third than they did in the second. I don't think anybody can possibly deny that because like I said, second period, one of the worst this season for the Rangers. But I don't know about you guys. Once again, even though it was 1-1, even though we just saw the Rangers play, again, their worst period of the season, arguably, it's a tie game going into the third, and I feel like the Rangers are going to find a way to get it done. And that's exactly what they do. I already kind of walked everybody through this goal here, but one thing that I wanted to add, again, you know, Igor Shosturkin, fantastic point-blank pad save, the long pass from Adam Fox through the neutral zone to Panarin. Panarin gains the blue line, and he ends up hitting Fox, and Fox shoots and scores. But a couple of other finer points on this goal here. Something that Artemi Panarin does so well is he'll gain the blue line, and he'll basically just stop, and he'll wait for somebody else to then also gain the blue line, and then make a just perfect centering pass to said player. That player now has the puck and is moving toward the net with a full head of steam, and they've obviously got a high-quality scoring opportunity, and that's kind of what happened here. Now, on this one, Panarin was a little bit deeper into the attacking zone, so he ended up kind of backtracking and then passing over to his right to Adam Fox, who once again collected the puck and stride, goes in and scores. But in the last game, it was kind of a similar situation where Panarin gained the blue line, and in that instance, it was actually Ryan Strom who came up the center of the ice. Panarin put it right on the tape. Strom goes in, scores. The Rangers were up one nothing at that point. They, of course, went on to win that game 4 to nothing, But... You know, it happened, obviously, on the game-winning goal here, and it happened earlier in this game, and I forget who the other player was, but once again, Panarin gaining the blue line, making a centering pass, giving somebody a good scoring opportunity. Obviously, the Rangers didn't convert on that first one, but they do on that second one here. Uh, Panarin, you know, what can you say? Just a fantastic player, and again, I still don't think we've seen the absolute best out of Artemi Panarin, and that probably sounds strange talking about somebody who has four assists in his last two games, but be that as it may, we have not seen Artemi Panarin take over games the way that we all know he's capable of taking over games, and you got to believe it's coming sooner rather than later. And Chris Kreider continues his white-hot start to the season as well. He scores a goal less than four minutes into the action here, and just a heck of a play by Barclay Goodrow. The puck is along the boards in the Rangers zone, kind of close to the blue line, but not, you know, all that close. And Goodrow goes, fishes it out of there, plays it across the ice through the neutral zone, off the boards, and Chris Kreider picks it up in stride. Uh, Goudreau, you know, it almost seemed like a little bit of a blind pass. He might have just been kind of playing the puck to an empty sheet of ice where he thought one of his guys could get to it. But either way, just a fantastic pass by Goudreau. Kreider takes it in stride and just an absolute laser. I thought watching this live that the puck might have actually uh, drawn some iron, you know, maybe hit the crossbar or something. But at the same time, I didn't hear that uh, lovely sound effect that always comes with a puck hitting the bar. And so... It took me a second, but then I realized that Chris Kreider had actually buried that shot. I mean, it was in and out. You blink, and you would have missed it. It was in the net. It was out of the net. And uh, Chris Kreider, once again, uh, scoring not on the power play and scoring not on a tip-in. Scoring with just an absolute snipe here gives the Rangers a one nothing lead and a goal that was obviously huge to get them off to a good start and kind of withstand the charge that Seattle had uh, not too long after this and certainly throughout the entire second period there. And Kreider almost made it 2 to nothing. not too long after this. He was sprung on a breakaway, went in alone, and unfortunately, Philip Grubauer, able to make the save, keeps the score at one to nothing. Rangers at that point. But Chris Kreider, once again, uh, continuing a really hot start to the season, kind of picking up the slack a little bit because the Rangers are not scoring goals, but Chris Kreider is. So 
It's something we've talked about in the past, but if there's ever a time for Chris Kreider to go on one of his trademark hot streaks, this is the time given the Rangers' inability to score goals on a consistent basis, at least thus far in the season. We will continue breaking down this victory in just a second here, but first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so the Rangers actually had another chance to make it 2 to nothing in the first period, but Ke'Andre Miller put his shot right off the post. This was all in the first eight or nine minutes, which, along with the last eight or nine minutes, was probably the only portions of the game where the Rangers felt like they were the better team on the ice overall. But Ke'Andre Miller, like I said, takes a shot from the blue line, rings it right off the outside of the far post. Philip Grubauer never saw it. Grubauer had a pretty strong game overall. But he never even flinched, never reacted to this shot. Uh, so Ke'Andre Miller just missing a goal by a couple of inches there. And it's funny because as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that we haven't really talked a whole lot about Ke'Andre Miller all that recently on here. But in some ways, that's a good thing because as we've discussed in the past, if you're a defenseman and your name isn't being called out that often, it probably means that you're going out there and just doing your job and, and being a steady force. And that's what Ke'Andre Miller has been. It's gotten to the point, you know, Ke'Andre Miller's only a handful of games into his sophomore season here with the New York Rangers. I don't worry about him at all. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this guy is already a bona fide, rock-solid top-four defenseman on this New York Ranger team, or really just about any team in the NHL. I mean, there might be a couple where he'd be on the third pairing, but no, I, I love him in this role. And honestly, if it wasn't for Adam Fox being the best defenseman in the Galaxy— then there might be a little bit more buzz around Keandre Miller and just how well that he's played so far this season. There was an instance in the second period. Uh, this was great. This all happened in the same shift here. Keandre Miller blocks a shot and then broke up a pass later in the same shift. So again, just kind of making all the plays that he needs to make, being a steady presence out there for the Rangers, and uh, you know has a lot of good chemistry with Jacob Truba, it would appear as well. I like what I'm seeing from that pairing so far this season. And Keandre Miller, again, haven't talked about him a whole lot, but as a defenseman, it's not always the worst thing in the world if your name's not getting called all that often, and that's kind of the case with Ke'Andre Miller right now. This game also got nasty in several instances. It seemed like Gord and Tanif were in the middle of just about everything for the Seattle Kraken, and Ryan Lindgren was in the middle of just about everything for the New York Rangers. Lindgren and Tanif were going at it all night. Lindgren drove him into the boards a couple of times. There were a couple skirmishes. There was one instance where Igor made just a great kick save. Uh, the rebound popped up, hit Adam Fox in the back, and then Igor Shesterkin grabbed it on the way back down, and then just a big get-together. It was kind of Lindgren and Fox, almost like a tag team match. Lindgren and Fox against Gord and Tanif at that time. Uh, yeah, Rangers, again, playing in some chippy, nasty games and finding a way to get it done and uh, kind of maybe leaning on that newfound grid a little bit to come away with two points far more often than not this season. And we've also got to give some love to the Ranger penalty kill unit coming up big. The Kraken go 0 for 4 in this game here tonight. And the Ranger PK... You know, the Rangers overall, they've kind of been up and down in a couple of different facets of the game so far to start this season. But one thing that has not failed them once the entire year, the opening night game against the Washington Capitals notwithstanding, has been the penalty kill unit. The Rangers once again come up big. Like I said, the Kraken go 0 for 4. 
There were some spots in this game where the Kraken came close to scoring on the man advantage. But be that as it may, the Rangers still find a way to bend but not break. I kind of tweeted that out that, you know, that's kind of more of a football term, bend but not break. You hear that every now and then. It's kind of a cliche, you know, the bend but don't break defense. This was a bend but don't break penalty kill unit by the Rangers here tonight because the Kraken got some chances. But once again, between the strong play of Igor Shesterkin and, you know, some hard-nosed penalty killing by the Rangers, they were able to get it done. And again, huge, huge reason why the Rangers came out with two points in Seattle tonight. And I want to kind of go to the big finish, talk about everything that happened down the stretch here with the Rangers once again leading 2-1 to one and the Kraken looking for the equalizer. To begin with, like I said, once that goal was scored by Adam Fox, I thought the Rangers really picked up their game a little bit, spent a ton of time on Seattle's side of the ice. But that isn't to say that it was all smooth sailing down the stretch because Seattle came within maybe like an inch or two of getting the equalizer with the goalie pulled. And we've talked about this in the past, but the Rangers so far this season have done a really nice job protecting one goal leads late in games. I thought for the most part, it was more of the same here. It was just this one uh, scoring opportunity that Seattle had where, like I said, they came very, very close to tying it. That was really the only chance they get. After Fox scored his goal to give the Rangers the lead, I thought the Kraken got one chance and one chance only to get the equalizer, but what a chance it was. So let me set the stage here. First of all, you got the Kraken pulling their goalie with 2.02 left in the middle of, of the play, and so they got six guys out there. There's a slap shot from the blue line, and Igor Shesterkin makes the save. The puck falls right in front of him, and he didn't know where it was. And so the scramble is on. Seattle's trying to stuff the rebound home, and it actually deflects off of Barclay Goodrow and then hits the post. And the Rangers eventually are able to get it out of harm's way. And you have Barclay Goodrow going down to the ice to poke the puck away from Jordan Eberle because by this point, the Kraken had kind of recorralled the puck and, you know, looking to create another scoring chance. But Barclay Goodrow, like I said, goes down, reaches full extension with his stick, knocks the puck away from Jordan Eberle and gets it over to Mika Zibanejad, kind of more toward the center of the ice. Mika then lays out and dives to knock the puck back to Barclay Goodrow, who at this point has kind of read the play. I think he saw what Mika was going to look to do there. Great play by Mika, by the way. Getting the puck to Barclay Goodrow and Goodrow is all by himself. He's not even at his own blue line yet, and yet you know he's going to go in all by himself on the open net. So Barkley Goodrow with a long skate up the center of the ice, and it's academic. He tucks the puck home. You or me could have scored on this one, provided that you know we don't fall down or anything like that. But Barkley Goodrow seals the deal. Uh, seals a very, very strong night for himself. Has a goal, the empty net goal here at the end. Uh, nice defensive play at the end. His trademark physical play. His trademark strong defense going out there for three minutes and eight seconds on the penalty kill and leading the way there as well. And the great assist that he had on the Kreider goal earlier in the game. So just a fantastic, well-rounded, well-played game by Barclay Goodrow. And nobody more deserving of getting the goal at the end there than Barclay Goodrow. His third goal of the season, grid. Two of them are empty netters, but hey, he's out there when the game is on the line and the Rangers are trying to protect a one-goal lead. And I mentioned just a second ago, the Rangers have been better in those spots when they're trying to protect late leads, and he's been a big part of that, especially in the last you know minute or two. Barclay Goodrow's always going to be out there on the ice in those situations, trying to help the Rangers protect a late lead, and that's what they've done so far, and he's obviously had a huge hand in that. And like I said, just kind of the cherry on the Sunday there, scoring the empty net goal to basically seal the win at that point for the Rangers, scoring with one minute and 39 seconds to play.
And so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, for the most part, this kind of set to a familiar strip this season for the New York Rangers where, you know, they don't necessarily play their best brand of hockey. And obviously, goals have been hard to come by. We're still looking for that true offensive breakout for the Rangers. I mean, mini breakout in the last game, the 4 to nothing win against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But you want to see them start scoring goals with some more consistency. You want to see some guys like Capo Caco start to get it going. Uh, maybe Mika Zibanejad, you could say you want to see him get it going as well. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere, Filipino. There's guys that have more to give offensively than they've given so far this season. And we'll just keep our fingers crossed that that happens as soon as the next New York Ranger game, which would be at Vancouver at 10 p.m. on Tuesday. So we'll be staying up late for that one as well. But once again, I think another big important theme to this game and to the Rangers season so far finding ways to win games. And again, Igor Shesterkin has had a ton to do with it. He has stolen quite a few games. You could maybe even throw this into the steal category for Igor Shesterkin as well. But this is a time of the season where last year they were finding ways to lose games. Now they're finding a way to win games. You got to like that as a Ranger fan. Coming up clutch in some big spots, you know, tie game late. The Rangers find a way to get it done here. So I'll take the win. You know, it hasn't been perfect so far this season, but I'm having a lot of fun watching uh, the Rangers win some blue-collar games, now 6-2-1 and one so far in the season, and you need every point you can get because that Metro division is a bloodbath right now. The last I checked, which was not that long ago, I believe I checked earlier this morning, there's not a single team in that division. In fact, let's just check it out right now. I got my laptop open. Let's check the standings real quick here in the Metro division. Yeah, there's not a single team. There's one team in the Metro. It is the Penguins. They The Penguins are dead last right now. They are 3-3-2. Three, three but they are the only team in that division that has as many regulation losses as wins. Everybody else has more wins than regulation losses. And every team except for the Islanders and the Penguins has more wins overall than losses overall, if you want to include the overtime losses. So, yeah, it's a really good division. Every game is going to be critical. And I think, as we talked about in a recent episode, the Rangers have an opportunity in the month of November here to take advantage of what I think is, I wouldn't say a soft schedule, but a favorable schedule. I think overall the Rangers are playing some teams that they should definitely beat in this month. And that kind of starts with the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday at 10 p.m. It's a team that we don't really see that often, especially last season with everybody kind of sectioned off in the four divisions. Uh, but the Canucks to start the season, let's see. They are dead last in the Pacific Division with a record of 3-5-1, and one, and they have lost three consecutive games. So as far as I'm concerned, that's got to be two points for the Rangers. I realize the Rangers have been away from Madison Square Garden a lot to start the season, and there are no easy wins in this league. But I do think they should go in there and beat that Canucks team and do so kind of handily. And we'll keep our fingers crossed for the uh, much-awaited offensive breakout for this New York Ranger team uh, that we all hope is coming and probably know is coming. I mean, sooner or later, the goals are going to start happening for the New York Rangers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we will be talking about whatever happens between the Rangers and Canucks on Tuesday night. That episode will drop sometime on Wednesday. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It is free and available on all platforms.